1: Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. With us today is Holy Cross Father David Guffey, Head of Production for Family Theater Productions based in Los Angeles. We're talking with him today at the Catholic Media Conference in St. Petersburg, Florida. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So I understand that you've got a new film coming out about uh, the story of Father Patrick Payton, whom we all know is the one who coined and popularized the phrase, a family that prays together stays together. First of all, give us a little bit of background of, about Father Patrick Payton. Sure.
2: Father Patrick Payton uh, was an Irish immigrant to the United States. He, when he came to the United States, he found his vocation to be a priest, uh, joined Holy Cross. As a seminarian, he got very, very ill uh, with tuberculosis to the point that they thought he was going to die. He, he, was, he was healed, and he believed he was healed through the power of prayer and prayer to the Blessed Mother. And after his healing, he dedicated his life to her. And he prayed about what that would mean. It didn't, he didn't want it to just mean praying to her in a chapel or in his room. He really wanted to give his life to her. World War II was um, just starting, and he knew that that would have an impact on, on the family, on the separating families with fathers going off to war, uh, problems of families reuniting, problems of families with loss. He also saw that the family was beginning to have cracks and issues of people um, becoming more separated from one another, the the power of media that was taking people apart or disrupting family patterns. And he really believed that prayer would help keep families together. He believed that because his own family was a family that prayed the rosary every day. So he decided that and heard the call to make his mission to draw families into prayer, especially the rosary. And he ded- dedicated the rest of his life to that.
1: He had huge gatherings at which he would speak and, and lead prayer, right? This would be something that would be unlikely to happen today unless it were someone, uh, you know, one of the big megachurch uh, preachers. How did he have that success?
2: Yeah, the, they, were, they were called rosary rallies. And it started, he would just be doing parish missions. But the parish missions became so popular that they needed bigger and bigger venues. And finally, there was a bishop that said, well, let's just go really big and have this in a stadium. So the first big rally was in 1948 in Toronto, uh, Canada. And they, uh, they had a huge rally with, I think, 30 or 40,000 people there. And boy, they started to take off. This would have, The first one was in the late 40s, but 50s, 60s. Um, they had huge crowds that would gather, and it wasn't just a single event. Father Payton and his team would had an organized plan where they'd go into a diocese six months ahead of time, and they'd begin to organize parishes and do work in parishes, and then they'd have the rally, and then they'd do a follow-up. And the idea was to use the rally as a point for people to commit to praying the family rosary together. Mm-hmm. Over the course of his life, they estimate that Father Peyton uh, was seen live by 28 million people. Oh, my gosh. And they think that uh, the only person who surpassed him was John Paul II. Yeah. Um, but he, huge rallies. The last rally was in Manila and then in the 1980s, and that had 2.2 million people that showed up at the uh, rally for him in, uh, in the Philippines.
1: Why did his message resonate so well at that time?
2: people were concerned about families. I think in every age, people
1: are concerned
2: about families. How do we keep together? How do we deal with the struggles externally from you know the economic situation, the, the cultural situation, problems internally? How do we stay connected with one another through different stages of life? And there's something that resonates with people intuitively that if we pray together, if we have this thing that keeps us that's bigger than all of us that keeps us together prayer prayer to god prayer through the intercession of our blessed mother that that will help us do what we need to do and be who we need to be for one another so why make this movie now families need help Uh, we need family prayer more probably more than ever families are changing uh, there's never been more pressure on families worldwide, but especially in Western culture and especially in the United States. And uh, prayer can have a powerful effect on forming people in the faith, but also keeping people together. That's been recognized not only by our our, our organization, but also the the. The Universal Church has recognized the message and the life of Father Payton, and his cause is moving through the Congregation of Saints. He's now venerable Patrick Payton, Mm -hmm. and we're hoping that um, more and more people as they turn to him in prayer and more and more people as they gather their families for prayer, um, because they're inspired by him, that he'll be recognized as a saint by the Church.
1: Mm -hmm. What do you think his message would be for... Families today, or would he would he change his message at all, or would it still be the same? I mean, the heart of the message yeah. probably would be the same, but would he use the technology differently?
2: He would have been all over the technology. Uh, he he used every form of technology could in in his day, starting in radio, direct mail. Um, uh, he he probably. Uh, was a pioneer in grassroots what we would today call grassroots marketing. He had this instinct of sh- getting something to inf- people who could be influence others and mm-hmm. then having them influence others. I think he'd fit re- very well in the media environment today. The rosary is, is a wonderful thing and we still believe that it's, it's such a wonderful way to draw families together in prayer. In our research that we've done for our organization, um, the rosary—it's—it's it's not an entry-level prayer mm-hmm. uh, form for many people. Uh, there are many people that it takes don't, a commitment. <laughs> it takes a commitment. But the other thing is you just have to know the prayers. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing h- how many people don't know the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be. And so I think Father Peyton would say, as a start, pray these prayers together. Pray at table. Pray. Mm-hmm. Pray, pray. Grace before dinner do bedtime prayers where you you pray an Our Father and Hail Mary and a Glory Be, um, and just to try to get people started in prayer, and that might lead to the rosary, but the most important thing is getting people together for prayer.
1: Yeah, I remember, uh, and this was 25 years ago, I was teaching CCD in in, uh, my parish in the Chicago suburbs, and I was teaching seventh graders, and we started talking about the Our Father and Hail Mary, and they didn't know them. And so I put the textbook aside for three weeks and we took the Our Father and we broke it apart and talked mm. about what this means and had them learn it. The next week we took the Hail Mary and broke it apart and told them what this means and you know how how they learned to pray. The next week we took the Glory Be and, and did that. And then we went back to the textbook. But by then they knew these prayers and they could uh, they could actually experience them and and understand and live through them and use them you know, and pray them themselves. So I can understand that you're that it can't have gotten better in the 25 years since then. And so the need is probably even more great that we have some of that kind of education.
2: What a great gift you gave your students, and they were lucky. Uh, we did we did some research through CARA, the Center for Applied Research for the Apostolate, a few years ago. We wanted to see what the family, what the faith life of families was like, and how they used media. And at the time of that survey, we found that 68 percent of children. Uh, in Catholic families were in no religious formation at mm. all. Wow. So the only formation, religious formation they were getting was from their family by their example, by their the prayer they did together, <clears throat> by whatever instruction they were receiving. So and, the, that, and in some ways that's the way it should be. I mean families should be the center of formation for children and for adults for that matter. Mm-hmm. We hope the movie will inspire people and to take that charged seriously to to be there for their family to help form one another in faith and um, to form one another to
1: be connected to god who keeps all of us together mm-hmm. we've got about a minute left uh, for this portion where and when will people be able to start seeing this movie the movie is called pray the story of patrick payton uh, when when is it going to be out? We're looking for release in spring of twenty uh, twenty. Uh, we've got a lot of people
2: interested in it, mm-hmm. so it should be in, in theaters in the spring of twenty twenty, and then it should be available on other platforms shortly after that.
1: Mm-hmm. If people want to help or uh, help you get this along, what do they do? What is there a website they can go to? to sure
2: familytheater.org mm-hmm. and that's our, webs- um, that's our website and there will be more information about the movie, that movie, Prey, and other projects at Family Theater.
0: Very good.
1: We're talking today with Father David Guffey head of production for Family Theater Productions. He's a Holy Cross priest uh, based in Hollywood, California. After the break we're going to talk to him some more about some of the other efforts that uh, the, the Family Theater Productions and its corporate affiliates are going to be working on. You're listening to Catholic Baltimore. News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. With overwhelming joy, Bishop Daniel R. Jenke of Peoria, Illinois, announced July 6th that Pope Francis had approved a miracle attributed to the intercession of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. According to a news release issued by the Diocese of Peoria, now that the miracle has been confirmed by Pope Francis, the Diocese of Peoria can formally begin planning for the beatification of Archbishop Sheen, Which will take place in Peoria. The Pope authorized the Congregation for Saints' Causes to promulgate the decree at an audience July 5th. The miracle concerns the healing of James Fulton Engstrom of Washington, Illinois, who was considered stillborn when he was delivered during a planned home birth September 16th, 2010. His parents, Bonnie and Travis Engstrom, immediately invoked the prayers of Archbishop Sheen and would encourage others to seek his intercession after the baby was taken to OSF Healthcare St. Francis Medical Center in Peoria for emergency treatment. Just as doctors were preparing to declare that he was dead, James Fulton's tiny heart started to beat at a normal rate for a healthy newborn. He had been without a pulse for 61 minutes. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Christopher Gunty.
3: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV?
4: Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770.
0: You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. We're
1: talking with Father David Guffey, a Holy Cross father, Holy Cross priest from Hollywood, California, about the work that they do at Family Theater Productions. Tell us a little bit about Catholic Central, which is a, an Internet portal for young people to learn more about their faith. We found that, again, uh, in the last segment, we, I mentioned that
2: 68% of kids are in no religious formation at all. So where do they turn when they have a question about faith? They go to the Internet. And so we developed a series that uses humor, uh, young hosts, a, a male and a female, Kai and Libby, and sound theology to explore issues about Catholicism. Each episode is five to seven minutes long. There's one on each of the sacraments, one on the sections of the Bible. Uh, there's episodes on prayer. We did a very popular episode on the sexual abuse crisis that we got a lot of response from. but. Um, that one was, didn't have so much humor, but we felt it was important because young people would be thinking about it and would be in their minds. So this series uh, tries to fill a
1: need, and it's been we've gotten some great response from it. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you reach people with that? Because obviously, you know, part of the nature of this is people aren't coming to Catholic websites right. to look for information. They're going to you know, wherever they can. So if they, if they Google Catholics and Eucharist, how, do, how does your, your site come up? Well, we, we do some work
2: with what's called search engine optimization. And so that's, you know, that, there's some things in technology that you can do through some paid ads on social media. We, we have a strong presence in social media for Catholic Central. We also um, have been reaching out to the influencers in their lives, to teachers, parents, r- religious education instructors, youth group leaders, campus ministers, and we've had a lot of luck. And what's happened is they'll see the first one in a religious education program, or they'll, they'll see a first one because their grandmother asked them to see it, but then They'll look at the other topics available, and they'll they'll start bouncing around and looking at others of the videos.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the campus ministry would be a, a, a especially strong place to do that because those people at that age are kind of seeking, they're leaning away from the faith, they're not sure why they want to do this. How does this series kind of help bring them back in or help them stay connected? One thing that we try
2: to s- explain... Uh, complex things in simple language uh-huh. and terms that people might have heard but they don't exactly know what it means so that they have a way to think about it and talk about it it's not It's not judgmental or preachy it's just this is what Catholics believe, this is why it's really important this is why it could be cool in your life but it's more of an invitation to consider uh-huh. and we think that that's helpful the, the other thing is uh, the way people learn now is through the internet I mean uh-huh. in, when, when I was young, if I wanted to learn something, I'd go to the library and fish through a ca- card catalog or yeah. maybe talk to somebody and find out what book to read or what,
1: what Yeah, my, my dad sold World Book Encyclopedias. <laughs> he was a high school teacher, sold World Book Encyclopedias. So we always had a set of encyclopedias. And we wanted to learn, it. they'd say, go look it up. Exactly. That, that was the same way. And now yeah. Google and Wikipedia are those.
2: Um, but we hope that when people are searching on Google, they'll you know, find their way to us. Mm-hmm. and we. Um, we find that a lot of RCA programs are using them. We've gotten really nice feedback that, even though they're made for kids, the adults can appreciate them, mm-hmm. and it's it's a good way to find out the most important points about topics of Catholicism. And again,
1: in, a, in an easy to explain way, because some of the mysteries of the church just are really tough to get a hold of. I yeah. mean, theologians spend their lifetime, you know, researching the Trinity or transubstantiation, and you've got to explain it in three minutes. You know? right. So
2: It's been a challenge. We, we did an episode on Trinity, and we went through three or four scripts. By the way, I we found Catholics who are entertainment writers to write the script. So I hired people to write comedy and write, you know, a writer uh-huh. for television and movies because we wanted them to be entertaining. But when it came to Trinity, it was. In, first of all, you can barely talk for a minute about Trinity without inadvertently wandering into a heresy. But the, so just that that dimension is complex. But then to help people apply it to their life and see how a trinitarian spirituality, which is what what we have,
1: could be something really wonderful for their life. That's great. That's great. So, are there other projects that uh, that family theater productions and. Um, And Holy Cross Family Ministries are working on?
2: Yes, we have an exciting project out of our office in northeastern Massachusetts. That's uh, Mm -hmm. south of Boston, about 20 miles. Uh, Holy Cross Family Ministries has put together a museum of family prayer. It's an interactive museum for families to come. It shows the history of of prayer uh, from psalms uh, through the development of the rosary, uh, elements of prayer from the Jewish tradition from early Christian tradition. and then and all with interactive touch screens with videos and and activity panels and things. And then as you walk through the museum, it also tells the story of the servant of, of a venerable Patrick Peyton, the founder of our ministry and um, and the power of the Rosary in their life. Mm-hmm. So that opens on September 15th. And we're just in the final stages of putting the the, the museum together now.
1: One would not imagine that an an entire museum devoted to prayer would be something exciting, but from the way you're talking about it, it sounds very immersive and and a way that families would do very well to make that, certainly not their destination stop, but if they're in the Boston area, to make sure they come and see it. How do you you turn prayer into something that you can see in a museum?
2: the gift of video There's, there's lots of especially in our catholic and our judeo-christian tradition and especially the catholic tradition there's a lot we have a lot of tangible things that we use for prayer mm-hmm. um for there's one section where we have a whole collection of rosaries from different cultures and different places made of different materials who belong to different people mm-hmm. so and then um and then as i said the interactive the video um a video that touch on touch screen so people can go deeper if they want to. There's a rosary walk that's outside that has a lovely walk through the woods that has stations of the rosary that people can use uh, to pray to pray together as they leave the museum or enter the museum.
1: Yeah, so it it, it just boggles my when you talk about the tangible nature of prayer. And I know that you know one of the nice things about the rosary is there's ten beads. So if I wake up in the middle of the night and something's on my mind, I've, I've got 10 prayer beats on my fingers. I don't need to pull the rosary off the nightstand. I can just, you know, do that. But you're right. We do use a lot of tangible things in our prayer. Uh, and that certainly, you wouldn't uh, normally connect that. But it but it, it, helps ground us, I think. I think it does. And
2: it, and, you know, Jesus Christ is incarnate in human nature. And we believe that there's something about being incarnate as humans that's important. And so the Catholic Church has always used the senses as a way to draw people into prayer. Think like think of a, a mass, especially one of the big masses on Easter or Christmas, where really every sense is engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, the smell of incense, the smell of flowers or, or Easter lilies at, um, at Easter, all the visuals that there are in church, uh, the touch of of a pew or. Um, mm-hmm. And the taste, of course, of
1: the consecrated host and the, and the wine. Mm-hmm. We do have just a, a, an amazingly deep tradition in the Catholic Church, and it's great for there to be places where people can go and experience that and kind of you know get involved in that. So it's it's great that you're opening that. Again, that museum is the Museum of Family Prayer. It's open September fifteenth in Massachusetts. If you're up that way, uh, go check it out. Tell us a little bit more just uh, about. Holy Cross uh, Family Ministries and uh, and family theater productions, which are kind of all linked to Father Patrick Peyton and his the family that prays together stays together. Sure. Why did he found this, and and what are you doing with it today?
2: Holy Cross Family Ministries was founded by Venerable Patrick Peyton, and it was to continue his work of helping families to pray, and our effort to help families to pray takes a number of different directions. Historically, we had family rosary that did the rallies, um, that produces prayer materials, gives away rosaries. We give away over a million rosaries a year uh, all over the world. We send ros- rosaries to China and Russia and all over Africa, really all over the world. So family rosary, family theater that handles most of the media. Historically, when Father Payton was alive, we did radio and television and film. Now we do radio um. We do television, film, and internet, largely. Mm-hmm. Um, we also in recently have begun a relationship with CatholicMom.com, which is a blogging site for Catholic mothers. It was founded by Lisa Hendy. Mm-hmm. She's still involved with the work, but that's one of our sister ministries now. Okay, great. And we have the Museum of Family Prayer that's located in Northeastern. And then we have, we have offices in 17 countries around the world. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, seventeen, yeah, seventeen countries around the world. And out of these offices, they do local prayer programming of uh, family enrichment programs. E- each country is different according to the need of the country, mm-hmm. but we're deeply involved in family life in Bangladesh and in India, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Chile, Peru, Mexico, Canada,
1: uh, all over the world. All from the work of one Irish uh, fellow who came over and became a priest after being healed through prayer. That's an amazing, uh, amazing witness. We have been talking today with uh, Holy Cross Father David Guffey, head of production for Family Theater Productions, which is part of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Thank you so much for being here. We've talked with him about the movie that will be coming out next February, Pray, the the story of Patrick Payton and uh, about the Museum of Family Prayer, which is opening this fall in, uh, in Massachusetts. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Catholic Baltimore.
3: Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org.
5: Life can be hard and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore.